0: Hey, I'm Brooke my friends and I perform spooky stories on our podcast 13 13 is a movie for your ears with immersive sound design and music from our composer and we're not reading you the same old ghost stories from reddit with original stories from our in-house writers and submissions from up-and-coming authors 13 will make you smile break your heart and have you wishing for a nightlight atmospheric, slow burn, always spooky, and sometimes sexy, our friends are some of the best voice actors and writers in our little corner of the podcast industry. So if you want to find out why those figures in black keep meeting by the water just before dawn, why you should never sleep in a room with an empty chair, or why you hear faint music echoing from the abandoned mall, join us by following 13 wherever you're listening right now that's 13 the word not the number all spelled out Bridget Howard keeps asking for my teeth wherever you get your podcasts
1: I see our woodland creatures are taking a liking to you. Yes, I know. Quite the pests, aren't they? What's that? Oh, apologies. This is the Morbid Forest. And I'm Ranger Harper, your guide through- Uh, Well, there are many trails that lead you here, but that isn't important. Come on. Walk with me, and I'll help explain a few things and get you away from all the critters. (laughs) Reminds me, we could really use a visit from E and E, Inc.
0: Perfect, that sounds great. Thanks again for the opportunity. See you
1: tomorrow, bye. I hang up the phone, squealing as I bounce around my living room, You hear that, Binks? Mama's got a job. Binx stares at me from his living room hammock, his yellow-green eyes blinking lazily before nestling on his paws. I skip over and pluck him up from his sanctum, spinning him around the room. His grumpy meows and exasperated expression making me giggle. (laughs) No more of that crap canned food. Only the good stuff for my boy. I cradle him to my chest as he meows dejectedly, calling my bluff. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe not the really good stuff, but better than that bottom shelf stuff. I set Banks down, his black tail swishing angrily as he glares at nothing in particular. I prance with excitement throughout the living room, shedding the weight off from my shoulders. The move to Savannah wasn't one made from convenience. After looking for work for over three months while my savings dwindled by the hour, this break felt like finally surfacing from drowning. My energy doesn't quell even as the hours pass and I lie in bed staring at the ceiling fan. Tomorrow is a new day and everything is going to be just fine. The Savannah sun burrows into my legs as I sit on the porch waiting for my trainer to pick me up for my first day at E&E Inc. The air clings wantonly to my exposed skin, letting me know it's going to be a scorcher today. However, for now, it's bearable as I tap my foot nervously on the step below. I checked my watch for the third time, wondering if I got the time wrong. I didn't know much about the company, which in retrospect was poor research on my part. Since graduating high school, I've had a string of odd jobs as I bumbled my way through community college. Unlike my peers, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grow up. Nothing felt right. I hated arguing, so being a lawyer was out. I have the uncanny talent of burning water when I boil it, and math was never my strong suit. I took every general education class available, thinking what might spark my interest to jump into that field. But everything was just so boring. E Inc. felt like a promising fresh start. The job posting read, Extermination Technician, seeking an individual interested in a long-term, stable, pest control career. Paid training provided to all new employees, looking to increase your career excitement, bored of desk work, then join us at E Inc., where no two days are the same. We specialize in exercising pests of every nature. We practice safe, humane removal practices, and operate within the Greater Savannah area. Applicants can look forward to generous benefits, paid licensing, and competitive compensation. Call us at 1912-749-PEST to apply over the phone today. After reading the listing, what did I have to lose? It was 9.45 when a white van with a beige driver's side door backfired to a stop in front of my house. Peeling letters outlined the words E&E Inc. in fading red with the company logo. Barely visible below. If we can't trap it, or banish it, then no one can. I thought the phrasing was odd, but what did I know about marketing? The driver's door creaked open and a middle-aged woman hopped out of the cab, her platinum blonde hair tossed into a disheveled bun, her roots so grown out, it made the bun look like a snowball. She wore blue jeans and aviators, an unlit cigarette dangling from her pink lips. She pats herself down, grumbling under her breath, seeming a tad out of sorts. With a sigh of relief, she fishes a silver Zippo lighter from her breast pocket and flicks it open, pausing millimeters from her target. Well, don't just sit there gawking like a guppy. Get in. I stood, dusting off my jeans, thrown completely off. Um, are you my trainer? The woman scoffs, her sunglasses falling to the tip of her nose as she assesses me over the rim.
2: I sure ain't your Sunday school teacher. Now get in before you make us late to our first appointment. I scramble across a short walk and climb into the van, wondering
1: if I made the right decision taking this job. I barely have time to reach for my seatbelt before my trainer throws the van into gear and pushes it further down the street, Then I thought the piece of junk was capable. Hot wind snaps at my face as we barrel into the day. Well, hi, I'm Rachel. I know. My trainer takes a long drag from her cigarette before tossing it from the window. Tammy May. I give Tammy May a beaming smile, deciding not to let her bristly personality phase my excitement.
2: Oh no, are you one of those smiley bubbly bunch? God save me, it's gonna be a long day. I'm sorry? Timmy
1: Mae saddles me with a look over her sunglasses before blowing out a breath.
2: Look Bambi, I don't have time for your doe-eyed enthusiasm. I've been doing this far too long and by the looks of you, you thought this would be some fun adventure. But I have news for you Bambi, the work is hard, the client's disgruntled, and the wildlife dangerous. Need to be on your game at all times, otherwise they will eat you alive. And I don't have time to save you. I don't know why Rich likes hiring your generation. Half the time you wanna post it all on social media then quit when the beasties start biting. If you wanna survive the day, you listen to everything I have to say, do as I say, and we'll be right as rain. Yes, ma'am.
1: She leers at me again, and I bottle the compulsion to shy away. I ain't no ma'am, just Tammy May. Yes, Tammy May. She nods before speeding off to our first call of the day. The first call is at a high school. We pull into the small parking lot, Tammy May throwing her third cancer stick out the window before turning to me.
2: I've got a jumpsuit in the back there. I'll give you a minute to change. Without another word, she hops from the cab, her lighter
1: already fixed in her hand. I turn in my seat, spying a similar blue jumpsuit folded onto a long animal tarp. I start to question my decision again for taking this job when Tammy Mae raps loudly on the van window.
2: Quit your gawking and get to moving. It ain't gonna put itself on ya. I scurry from my seat,
1: kicking myself internally. Now wasn't the time for an in-depth assessment of my life choices, because truthfully, none of this was going how I expected. But at the same time, what did I expect? Whatever it was, it certainly wasn't Tammy May. The jumpsuit is a size too big, with a musty tang clinging to the threading. I try my best to ignore the smell as I leave the van rolling the sleeves up to my elbows as I round the hood. So, what's our first call of the day? I try to sound refreshed, and not just like I had a bad start.
2: Sessing assessing perusal Tammy May gives me says she doesn't care. Got a bat colony in the library again. I told the superintendent he has holes in the rafters. But does the old fool listen? Sure don't. Nope. He just waits for the bastards to roost up all nice and cozy, make a few babies, and shit enough to nearly bring the bubonic plague down on them kids. Why that man gets reelected each year is beyond me.
1: Why doesn't he have
2: you board up the
1: hole when you were called
2: out here? he's a cheap son of a bitch. Besides, do I look like a handyman to you, Bambi? Here's your first lesson of the day, sunshine. Don't exert yourself beyond your means or know-how. Understand? I nod even though I have no clue what the rules mean. All right, now, by the end of the day, I'll know if you'll be able to cut it or not. This line of work ain't for everyone. It's dirty, annoying, and sometimes hairy. But the money is good, so follow me to the letter and you'll be just fine. Got it, Bambi? Got it. So,
1: how are we getting the bats out of the library? Tammy May said only a few bats were likely holed up in the rafters, and my only job was to net any or spook them towards the window. She failed to mention we'd be battling a horde. High-pitched cries bounce around the room as 20 or so bats fly frantically overhead. I helped Tommy May set up tall fluorescent lights throughout the library. She inspected the rafters for their entry point. Once she found them, we cut up strips of copper to seal all the access points only leaving a big window for the bats to escape. A scream bubbles at the back of my throat as fluttering lifts my ponytail, and I swear I feel rubbery wings coast on the nape of my
2: neck. Screaming ain't helping, Bambi. It'll only confuse the suckers. And why is your net pointing to the ground? This ain't gopher hunting, it's bat season. Get that thing in the air and don't let the buggers escape. Was I screaming? Close my eyes,
1: trying not to breathe through my nose. Ammonia lines the inside of the library, and I'm pretty sure most of the books have to be burned because of the guano, but not like the South has never had a book burning before. A small black orb darts for me, a squeal rippling from my lips as my net swings up like a nine iron. My eyes are screwed shut, but the light tugging on my net has me reopening them to find a tiny bat fluttering desperately in my net. I... I caught one. Tammy Mae walks over, a spark in her
2: eyes. Well, looks like we might make a catcher out of you yet. Now toss it out the window so we can join the others. Make it quick, we have another call to make. I stare in dumbstruck awe at the struggling creature before hurrying to the window.
1: Carefully, I dump the net inside out, shaking it loosely. The bat squeaks, but rights itself before setting off to find the others. A warm sensation fills my chest as the little guy disappears from view. Maybe this day won't be so bad after all.
0: I'm telling you, Tammy May, a demon stole my slippers.
1: Tammy May and I stand in the yard of Mr. Everett as the oppressive sun glares down on us. Sweat causes the jumpsuit to stick it to unmentionable places, as I just know I'm going to be chafing bad once the day is through. Tammy may clasped the bridge of her nose, seeming to count for patience.
2: A demon didn't take your slippers, Mr. Everett. I'm pretty sure the coon is back. You aren't leaving the food out for Henry again, are you? It was a goddamn demon. I saw it from my back porch with its black eyes as it laughed and stole my slippers. You know better than anyone else what lurks round here. Course, the devil's minion, I tell you.
1: Mister Everett shakes as his eyes dart around like the devil himself is listening to the old man curse. Are you leaving the food out or not, Mister Everett? Tammy May asks, her tone flat. The old man sniffs before admitting,
2: Henry don't always come home for supper. I can't just let him starve, and my hearing ain't what it used to be, so don't always hear when he wants to come inside. Damn demon even steals from my Henry. For the last time, Mr. Everett, it's a coon, not a demon. I'll hush you. I know what I saw. he be coming around here every night taunting me, not letting me get a lick of sleep. All right, all right. Can't have you missing your
1: beauty sleep. Tammy made chortles, causing a frown to set Mr. Everett's face,
2: but she doesn't let him interject. Look, I'll set a protection circle around the property and hang some warden charms up. But you're going to let me set some coon traps too, you hear? And for the love of all above, stop leaving that damn cat food on the porch. The elderly man huffs, but nods and thanks. Bambi, go get the big trap in the van and the salt. Salt? I ask. Are you deaf like Mr. Everett now? Yes, salt. Now get, girl. We have one more call and my dogs are barking. I wanna be done before nightfall. I wrinkle my nose, but don't protest any further. I grab the long animal
1: tarp and find a large satchel with fine salt inside. I shake my head, but bring the items back to Tammy May. We set to work, me preparing the tarp with a bowl of cat food inside while Tammy May walks Mr. Everett's property lying an unbroken salt line. Mr. Everett seems satisfied having watched us work and leaves without fanfare. We're nearly to the final destination, the sun threatening the late hour, when I turn and say, that was nice back there. What you did for Mr. Everett? We pull down a quiet residential street, the van beginning to slow. The streetlights in this neighborhood have already flickered to life, indifferent to the sun not having to set for another three hours. I did my job, simple as that. Yeah, but you didn't have to salt his property. By the way, is that bad for the grass or anything? Tammy May parks the van at the curb of a sad savannah home. Willow trees droop their long fingers across the patchy lawn, and the paint on the house flakes onto the porch and unkempt shrubbery. A middle-aged man paces on the porch, his hands jittering nonstop. Tammy Mae turns to me. Her eyes assessing
2: something, but I'm not sure what. Bambi, you do realize our job is to rid clients of whatever critter is wreaking havoc on their home or business. Well, yeah. And sometimes you gotta lay a little salt toward demons and other weird sorts from infesting a home. Mr. Everett was right. I do know a lot about the weird shit running through these parts. Some critters just require a little something else to be convinced to leave.
1: I frowned as she lights a cigarette, a Zippo lighter slipping into her breast pocket.
2: Now, come on, we're late and I ain't trying to be here all night for the real shit to come around sniffing, come on. Without another word, she hops
1: from the van and slams the door, leaving me stupefied. Demons? I give myself a mental shake. I heard her wrong, right? I scramble from the van to follow her to the back of it in time to see her grab a large black duffel bag before slamming the door, but demons aren't real, Tammy May. The words jump from my lips. My brain too puzzled to care about, holding my tongue at bay. She takes a long drag of her cigarette before throwing its carcass on the ground. Her foot stomping out the small sparks. Her eyes fix me, the curious expression. Before smiling wide,
2: a wet <laughs> laugh falling from her lips. <laughs> Bambi, do you know what N-E- ink stands for? My
1: brows furrow, only inspiring more fits of laughter from Tammy May. With a final look my way, she turns without another word and strides towards the old house. By the time I wrestle myself out of the stupor, Tammy May and the man are already inside. I jog up the short walkway and enter the house slowly, my mind circling Tammy May's question. What do the two letters of the company name stand for? Shit, I really should have done my research on the company. Regret fills my shoes as I try to pay attention to what's happening before me.
2: Can you tell me more about your sightings, Mr. Day? The duffel bag rests in an entryway
1: to Tammy May's right, and I eye it suspiciously. Regardless that she asked the question, my trainer's attention is on the house, or rather the walls and other fixtures. Maybe it's termites? Mr. Day's eyes dart around the interior with fear, his voice a trembling whisper.
0: It started at night. Bumps and things. Items moving or crashing. But now...
1: The man shakes himself is discomfort raising alarm bells in the back of my mind. Now it's constant.
0: It's taken over the house. It stalks me at every opportunity. And I just don't know what to do anymore. Tammy May nods,
1: humming to herself, as she walks into the adjacent room. It's a small sitting parlor. I could see being used once to hold tea times or afternoon lemonade conversations. However, now, The furniture is blanketed by dust and old sheets. The smell of mothballs and old wood coat my mouth, making my eyes water. Have you been able to identify the critter? The man looks at us nervously, like we're not going to believe him. The action causes Tammy May to
2: huff. (sighs) Mr. Day, you called us. Now, whatever it is, I promise we'll be able to contend with it. The man nods, but his expression doesn't
1: change. After a beat... His shoulders slump. It's an apparition.
2: I gape at the man. He can't be serious. Uh Uh-huh. Now, is it a fully formed apparition or a shadow person type? Or more sensory touch gooey? Shadow person type. They were both off their rockers. And have you contacted it and asked it to leave? Mr. Day scoffs.
0: Uh, That's what I called you
2: for. Sir, there are steps you could have taken before calling us, but it's your dime. Hell, a bundle of sage that cost a dollar from the general would have made it right as rain. The man laughs bitterly, as if Tammy May's observation
0: was childish
1: when this whole conversation was insane.
0: <laughs> I don't think you can banish an angry spirit
1: with kitchen herbs, Miss May. Tammy May narrows her eyes as the man takes a step back.
2: What exactly happened in this house for such a spirit to haunt you? Shadow apparitions are hard to come by, Mr. Day. Many are disgruntled for a reason. Tell me, what bug crawled up this critter's ass?
0: Nothing, nothing, I swear. This home was my mother's and I inherited it when she died. I had plans to sell the home, but I-
1: The house groans around us at Mr. Day's words. The front door I forgot to close Slam shut, and Mr. Day and I scream as the windows and parlors slam their silts tight. The Floorboards rumble beneath my feet, and my heart jackhammers as I'm jostled to the floor. Mr. Day shrieks, his hand flying to cover his head as he crouches low. Books and papers fly into the room, each one aimed like missiles straight for Mr. Day's head.
0: Do something!
1: I look up at his words, finding Tammy May in the eye of the chaos. Her hands rest on her hips as she cocks an eyebrow at the trembling form of Mr. Day.
2: Looks like you pissed someone off, Mr. Day. Care to
0: explain? What? I did no such thing. The house just became this way when my mother died.
1: Words were no sooner out before glass began to shatter around us, raining glass pelts as we scatter looking for cover. Mr. Day wails, a myriad of cuts oozing from exposed skin, while Tammy May appears unaffected. She dusts chunks of glass from her bun, then tucks a flyaway strand behind her ear as her eyes land on Mr. Day. They narrow to slits as the house continues to thrash aggressively around us.
2: Mr. Day, I ain't gonna ask you again. What have you done? If I have to call a spirit here myself, so help me. I will open the portal to the beyond right now. True fear crosses the man's eyes, his
1: body shaking more violently than the house or we His lips wobble pathetically, only drawing a sneer from Tammy May. Her feet move toward the black duffel, which sits untouched in the foyer. Okay, okay, okay. Mr. Day crawls across the floor, words tumbling from his mouth.
0: It wasn't even my fault. By the time I found her, she was already gone.
1: Mr. Day sniffs, but the house is having none of it. Ghostly wind thrashes through the house as more objects fly. Paint begins to peel from the walls to reveal flushing muscle underneath. Blood leaks from the ceiling, coating my face and coveralls, and I wipe furiously trying to get it off. Bloody streaks race above the ceiling, making me pause. Slowly, letters appear, forming only two words. Lying murderer. Tammy may seize them, too.
2: Mr. Day, I think your unfinished business just caught up with you. It's lying! I doubt that very much. Spirits only stay behind when something unpleasant isn't settled. Don't worry. Now that I know what is happening here, I can assist the situation. I stand on shaky legs, watching Tammy May rifle through the duffel bag. She pours
1: items into a dish, before pulling a black candle and her trusty Zippo from her pocket. What? What are you going to do? My voice comes out cracked and strained, but I inch closer,
2: curious at what will happen next. A wicked smile skims across her lips. I'm gonna perform the second E&R job, Bambi. I'm gonna exercise a fucking nuisance. Tammy May lights the black candle and turns to the room.
1: Mr. Day rises to his feet, relief swimming across his features. Tammy May's voice booms around us as a chant pours from her lips.
2: Whether thou art an evil man or evil demon, let thine evil hands and limb be bindeth. Evil created on a bed of not carry off the evil which has wrought
1: as Tanny Mae's last words tumble from her steady lips the house seems to take a heavy inhale and wait only the sound of my heart and Mr. Day's harsh breathing fills the space a gleam dances in Tanny May's eyes she raises the plate and candle to her lips and exhales roughly <gasps> A mixture of herbs and wax droplets flying into Mr. Day's face. The man howls as he clutches his now watering eyes, screaming profanities at Tammy May. I rush to her side, afraid the man will attack her suddenly. But my trainer just chuckles to herself. What did you do to him?
2: She looks at me, a smugness enveloping her stance. Giving him what he deserves. A one-way ticket straight to the man downstairs. Step back, Bambi. You don't want to get in the way of this. Gently, Tammy Mae moves
1: us to the side, my shocked body too numb to obey my own commands. As we take up the far wall, I watch in object horror as shadows lift from the floorboards, forming a black humanoid shape. Mr. Day screams and pleads as the humanoid creature glides toward him with outstretched hands. The creature does not listen, nor seem to care. It grows in stature, looming over the now cowering form of Mr. Day. Wetness clings to his trousers and face, and in one breath to the next, the shadow creature envelops the man, then disappears into the unknown. Tammy May throws the van to park, and lets the vehicle idle in front of my new home. The drive back from the former Mr. Day's home was silent, my brain still trying to comprehend what it witnessed. Timmy May pulls a cigarette from the dash and lights it. Carcinogenic smoke flares from her nostrils, her body relaxing as the nicotine fills her blood. The second E, I state softly, She turns to me, not saying anything, but waiting for me to continue. The second E is for exorcism? She nods her head, taking a long drag before responding.
2: Exterminate and exorcism ain't. Folks love to shorten things because they sound better for marketing or whatever. I think you should just call a spade a spade in my opinion, but I ain't no businessman. I nod slowly, letting her words sink in. But
1: I thought only demons or ghosts can be exorcised. She weighs me off with her
2: cigarette hand, laughing lightly. That's only in movies. The truth is, anything can be exorcised. All that matters is the type of critter it is. Not all ghosts and beasties are bad. Sometimes it's the people that surround them. Our job is to exterminate the right one. You'll learn to understand in time. I look at her then, an unspoken question in her cool eyes.
1: I move to the door mechanically, hopping down from the cab. I turn before shutting the door, feeling for the first time terrified but excited for my future. Same time tomorrow? Tammy May smiles at me for the first time today
2: and nods. Same time tomorrow.
1: This has been a Morbid Forest production. On this week's episode, you've heard E&E Inc. Written by Naomi Richards, with narration by Naomi Richards, Jordan Hollingsworth, Sean Moreau, and Ron Hyatt. Our theme music this season is "For I Had Died Long Ago Inside This Place by Valentine Wolf. We're back travelers. <laughs> We're so excited to bring you another season of The Morbid Forest. We have a ton of great stories planned for you, new authors for you to fall in love with, and some new voices to fill your nightmares. We have also reestablished our Patreon site. For just as little as $3 a month, you can become an MF Ranger and gain access to our exclusive season four bonus series, The Ranger Files, early access to weekly episodes, your name shout out at the start of an episode, and merch rewards go to patreon.com slash themorbidforest and help us keep the lights on. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at Forest. Want to write us a little love letter? Send it to themorbidforest at gmail.com. And if you're loving what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming app. It's the only way that we can get discovered by more travelers out there just like you. And you know how the forest gets lonely and hungry at night. We want to make sure we fill our bellies up. So bring us more travelers. Otherwise, you know, Larry might come visit you at night. (laughs) And as always, thanks for joining us. I will see you next time on The Morbid Forest.